Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. So this week was kind of crazy because on Tuesday I was back in my office and just tirelessly typing away on my message for Sunday. And uh, Bethany might be able to attest to it. You know, beads of sweat coming down my brow and my fingers were flying around my keyboard. And she knocked on my door and said, hey, what are you speaking on this week? And I told her and she goes, that's cool. I thought you were going to go this direction. And I said, what direction is that? So she kind of just said, hey, here's what, here's what God's been speaking to me on Psalm 126. And, and she was like super excited. And I, I saw like a big smile come to her face. And I was like, it sounds like you want to preach that. And she goes, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? What is? What do I do with maybe? And so I was like, Bethany, if you want to speak on Sunday, that would be awesome. The fact that like a, literally on a Tuesday, you're like, hey, I'm going to put together this message. I'm going to preach it. And she goes, I'll let you know. And so 10 minutes later, she comes down and says, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. And I'm like, this is awesome. So here's what I want us to do. This is an awesome message. I believe that when God speaks to people profoundly like this, it's for a reason. And so this morning, for Bethany, for what God wants to speak, can we just give it up for Bethany who's stepping up and doing something awesome today? Derek, there's one problem with that story. It was Wednesday. Okay, so it was even less time to prepare than, you know, than than Tuesday. It's all good. I am so excited to uh, share with you guys this morning. I will also tell you, I'm a little nervous. This is the first time I've had to do, like, two services in a row. Like, last time I spoke, it was, like, before we had to do two services. So this is um really, like, I'm like, I already did it. I should be done by now. Now I have to do it again not super excited about this what if it's worse than the first one um no it it, this is good i really feel like god has spoken this to me and i'm really really excited to share this with you guys um so i just wanted to share with you guys a few things about me um who i am as a person i am the admin here so i do a little of this and a little of that and a little bit of everything and i love my job i am also the youngest of five children So that means that there were a lot of things in life that I got to experience, like, because everybody else, you know, like, everybody else did things that I didn't get to do because I was the youngest child. And then there were things that I got to do that everybody else didn't get to experience. I got all the good vacations, like, because when there's five kids versus, like, one or two at home, like, the vacations get better as life goes along. Um, But... As the youngest of five, I had siblings who drove me everywhere. So unlike my siblings who, like, got their permits at, like, 15 and drove right away at 16, I took a little bit more time. So that's that's all good and exciting. Things you also need to know about me, I'm really independent and a little bit stubborn some days, which it can be a really bad combination, So, when I started driving, my mom took me out for the first time. We were on our way. We cleaned, like, I cleaned houses all the way through um, high school. And we were on our way to go clean a house. My mom was like, okay, here you go. This is your first experience. Go ahead and drive. Okay? It was an experience, all right. (laughs) 
So I'm like, okay, I will tell you, first of all, the only other time I had ever driven, like I didn't grow up on a farm. The only time I ever had driven previously to this experience was when I, when I ran the tractor into the garage door. So let's just say like my track record wasn't already stellar. Now, to be truthful, I never told my parents that. that they, I don't think they ever found out probably until my dad was sitting here during first service. Um, so I was like, okay, I got this. Like, I am independent. I can do this. This will be great. Like, I am stubborn. I got this. Like, I can drive. You know, I, it's like an Oldsmobile, like, 89 Cutlass or whatever it was. You know, something really, like, great. And I was like, okay, I got this. So I'm cruising along. First thing you need to know is this would have been a very, very, like, snowy winter. So we'd put off the driving. So it was early, early in the spring. So we get to this gravel road. And my mom's like, hey, by the way, this is gravel. It's going to be a little bit different than the asphalt that we've been driving on. You got this. I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. And she's like, you're probably going to want to go a little slower. And I'm like, oh, no, I got this. I've got this. So I'm driving. And I see in front of me that the gravel in front of me isn't quite like the gravel we'd already been traveling on. It looked a little looser. So that spring had been really wet and the road had washed out and they threw in not normal gravel, like the big old chunky gravel, like the big chunks of gravel. And so I go and I am going faster than I ought to have. <laughs> and I start to fishtail a little bit. <sighs> Now, my mom's like, you're going to want to slow down. And I was like, mom, I got this. I've got this. I have got this. And I start to fishtail a little bit more. And as the super experienced driver that I was, I hit the brakes. Now, if anybody has driven on gravel, starting fishtail, hit the brakes, you know what's going to happen. You're going to go into the ditch. Now, could it have been a nice, like, entrance into the ditch? Nope. Guys, I landed that car. <laughs> bumper in the front, bumper in the back, both hanging off the edge of the ditch, wheel suspended. I don't know how I did it. I could probably never, ever do it again, but it was all good. But then my mom looks at me and says, you're going to have to call your father. Now, what you also need to know is this is before cell phones. So we had to walk like the mile and a half to the people's house that we were cleaning. I had to call my dad at work and say, Dad, I put the car in the ditch. Can you come help? So he did. Like a good dad. He was done with work. But it was all good. It, it was all good. But to this day, just a couple of years ago, I was visiting with some people. And this guy comes in the room. He's like, hey, Daisy Duke. Because that's what they called me after that. It wasn't because I was wearing shorts. It was because I was a bad driver. But now if you're going on a gravel road and you see a Subaru going real slow, it's me. Because I don't go very fast on gravel at all. Now, what's the point of that? I don't know if there is a point. No, there is a point. Sometimes life ends us up in places that we weren't anticipating. I wasn't anticipating being in the ditch. I wasn't anticipating having to walk two miles. But I wasn't anticipating being able to, like, use it as a sermon illustration one day either. So, as Derek said, this week 
I was praying. I was doing my devotions. I was reading out, out of the scriptures that um, Psalm 126. So if you've been following along with us this summer, as we go through 60 days in the Psalms, this is where we were this week. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and I feel like God gave this to me so that maybe someone else who is feeling the same way I am hadn't experienced this. So if you have your Bibles, good job, you section. Turn to Psalm 126. All right. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us, and we were filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, God, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy, and those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Will you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you that you are the God who gives us joy. I pray right now that you will just um, speak through me this morning, that your words are the only thing that will people will hear, and just give us um, the opportunity to love you deeper and for us to show you how much we love you and how we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, Psalm 126 is a psalm of ascent. So it's a collection of 15 psalms from Psalm 20 to Psalm 34 um, that are written as a collection. And there's two different thoughts of how the people would use these psalms. But it would, as the pilgrims would go to the temple, they would sing these songs. And so some people are like, oh, you start outside the city walls. And as you go up certain streets, you, you know, sing this psalm and then you turn this corner and you sing this one or there's also other people who are like oh no there was the 15 steps steps up to the temple and on each one they would step stop gosh i'm not speaking well today each step they would stop and they would sing one of these psalms as they went up closer and closer to the temple so this psalm is called the psalm of zion's restoration according to the Christian Standard Bible. So in verse 1, it says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. So this psalm was written after the 70 years of exile. So here, the people of Israel, they had been um, in captivity for 70 years from the Babylonians. And these people, they were used as slave labor, and they were used just as, like, the scum of the earth. And people didn't really care about them. But God knew that they were there. He remembered them. He knew that they had a plan and a purpose. So when the king came and said, hey, you guys are free to go. These people rejoiced. They freaked out. They were like, God, you are so good. And everyone around them knew and experienced that God was so good to them. They 
you know, they partied in the streets and everyone came back to Jerusalem and they were so excited and they were like, yes, this is awesome. Like, God, you have fulfilled these dreams that we had had. You restored us. You brought us back to into relationship with you. And they were ecstatic. So they were so aware of what God had done for them that they couldn't stop talking about it. How many of us have those experiences in life? Like something happens and we are going through a situation and we're like, oh, God instantaneously changed that. And we are so excited. God instantaneously healed someone. And we're like, yes, God, you are so awesome. That is so great. And we could just sit there and we get to praise the Lord and say, God, you are so good. You have loved us. You've taken care of us. We are praising you. We praise you. So here's the thing. In those moments, we can praise God when joy comes quickly. When those instantaneous moments happen and God is like there and we're like, whoo. So when joy comes quickly, we're going to praise God. We're going to say, God, you are so good. You are so great. All of you, you know, you are so far beyond us. It's great. But that's not the only way that we see joy in our lives. The next verse says, restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams of the Negev. The Negev is a desert in the southern part of Jerusalem. So it's dry and it's arid most of the year. It's just not a great place. You're not going to catch people farming out there. It's pretty not so hot. Well, I was going to say not so hot. It's hot because it's a desert. So, but the thing is, every year in the fall of the year, an amazing thing happens. Rain starts to fall and things start to grow because that's what happens when water comes. And because of the makeup of the dirt there, like the water kind of pools at the top and it makes things beautiful and the plants start to grow. And all of a sudden it goes from being this horrible, horrible place where nothing can grow and nothing is, you know, viable to being a great place for people to pasture their sheep. So that's kind of how it God does for us in our lives. Because I don't know about you. Sometimes like we go through dry, dry times in life. I'm just going to tell you, like, this summer has been a dry, dry season for me. And it's not because there's anything big or crazy. You know, I haven't had, you know, I love my job. Like, I, you know, things are going well for me. But there's still just something really, really dry and, like, broken in my heart. And this is the way I put it. I kind of feel like my heart is just pretty, I don't know, broken sounds horrible, but it's kind of my best description. If I can get my jar open. I feel like my heart has just been broken, not because of anything big, but just because like sometimes like we feel like our life is just crumbling. And maybe I'm the only one who experiences this, but sometimes I feel like all of the pieces of my heart have been broken and they've just all rubbed together. And all of a sudden, it's not even pieces, it's just a pile of ash. So it's just, it's just nothing. There's just like, there's nothing left of it. But the thing is, like, God can do something with that. He can do something with that if we let him. 
And God wants to restore our desert and bring life again. So when it talks about those, you know, those moments of refreshing coming from the Lord, like that's what happens. Like we're like, God, like you have done great things for us again and again and again. And those moments come and he pours out his, the water of his Holy Spirit into our hearts and things start to grow again. And that's really, really good. But the thing is, is sometimes that's not how things end up either. Like, we have those times of refreshing, and that's great. But what happens when we have seasons that it feels longer and things are tougher? I really like how this scripture says, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And I just really, as I was thinking about this this week and praying about this, I was thinking about how joy is birthed out of sorrow. And it's so hard because, like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, joy is supposed to be, like, this happy emotion and life is so good and everything is so great. But really, like, so frequently in life, that joy comes up out of things that we don't expect it to. And as I've been reading this summer, I've been reading through Paul's epistles. And first of all, let's talk about something. I said it during first service, so I have to say it now. Um, Paul is not my favorite Bible passages to read because I think it's difficult to understand. And maybe it's because, um, I don't know, it's just hard. I would give me Acts, give me the Gospels any day before you give me the epistles. They're a challenge to understand. And so this summer I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go through. I'm just going to work on reading them. And so how I did it this summer is, like, every day, not every day because I'm not perfect, but, like, I tried really hard to sit down and read an epistle. And so, like, I sat down with Philippians, and I read Philippians over and over and over and over again because repetition is how we learn, and it makes it a whole lot easier. And all of a sudden, you're like, this doesn't make sense. And you're like, oh, I'm starting to understand it. And then after several weeks, I'm like, oh, I get this. Anybody else in the room see? Yeah. So one of the things that I started to see as I was reading all of these epistles is Paul is constantly talking about rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And then at the same time, he's also talking about how he is suffering a lot. All of the epistles were written when Paul was in prison. So He's not in like a great, you know, he's not hanging out in the Hilton. He's in prison. He's going through this time of suffering, but he said, even then, I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord because it is good. He is good. He has taken care of us. In Romans 5, 1, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. See, suffering helps us grow. It also brings us joy. So we're working, 
you know, suffering produces perseverance. That means we're going to work through it every day. It's not going to be easy, but we're still going to keep trudging. Perseverance is character. Like, hopefully, like, we are growing when we are going through all of these things. And then character brings us hope. God brings us hope because that's what he does. James states it like this. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face troubles of many kinds. So I see this over and over again in the epistles as I was reading them this summer. Like, out of those times of suffering and sorrow, God is bringing us joy. And when we see that, we can praise God. So when joy comes quickly, we're going to praise God. When joy comes slowly, we're going to praise God. Because that's what we should be doing every day. And the thing is, joy isn't instantaneous. So verse 6 says, Those who went out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So frequently we hear, oh, joy comes in the morning. Okay, all right, joy comes in the morning, that's great. But what happens when it's day 15 and the joy still isn't there? What happens when it's day 365 and joy still isn't there? What happens when it's a day 1,000 and joy still isn't there? He's still there. Even though it doesn't feel like it, he's still there. And we can still say, God, you are so good. You have done such good things for us. And we're going to praise him for that. Because the thing is, maybe like me, you're feeling a little bit like your heart is ash right now. Maybe it's something big. Maybe it's something small. Maybe you don't even know what it is. I mean, I've walked through times when, like, it doesn't even make sense for me to be feeling the way I do. But the thing is, when you don't feel the joy, we can still praise God. This ash has been hanging out in my house for a long time. This is Ash from Mount St. Helen. My uncle lived in, my great uncle lived in Washington. And so after Mount St. Helen erupted in 1980, um, there was 55 million tons of ash spread out over thousands and thousands of square miles. And if you look at pictures of Mount St. Helen, it is a wasteland after the eruption. And maybe that's what you're feeling your life is like right now. Maybe it's just covered in ash. And you're feeling like, God, I don't understand. This is hard. It's day 5,000 and I still don't have that joy. But I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to say, God, you are so good. But this is the thing about this ash. They discovered as they were cleaning it up that you can take this ash And something really cool happens if you heat it up. If you take this ash and you bring it to 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit, this ash turns beautiful. This is a 
Christmas ornament that they made out of that same ash. And this is what God will do for you if you let him. But it's hard. But that's okay, because he's still good. Pastor Riley said last week, if God hasn't redeemed your story, he's not done. And I firmly, firmly believe that for each and every one of us. So this is my call to action, I guess, today. We're going to praise God. We're going to say, God, you are good in the tough stuff. You're tough. You're good in the good stuff. And we're going to know and settle into the fact that even when it doesn't feel like it, he's still good. There are connect cards in the seat in front of you. If you are just going through something, we would love to pray for you as a staff. You can just write down like, man, like I am just really, you know, struggling with whatever it is. And you can just pop it in one of the black boxes on the side. And this week, we are just going to pray for you. But I'm going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are the God who brings joy in situations that we don't know and in places that we don't understand. I pray right now that you will just speak to every heart who is going through things, whether they are at a place where they have seen you work and they are screaming and shouting with rejoicing, or they are a place where they just feel like their heart is just full of ash. I pray that they will just begin to speak songs of joy over their heart and that you will just speak to their heart. I pray that you will just guide us this week. Just help us to know how much you love us. I pray that you will just be with us this morning and this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is how I'm going to end today as we are finishing up 60 days in the psalm. I want to end with us reading Psalm 150. So this is this is what we've got. This is how we're ending. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord in his sanctuary. That's here. Praise him in his mighty heavens. That's everywhere else. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounds of trumpets. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with trembles and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipes. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Can we give the Lord some praise today? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.